One of the interesting things that's going on right now in government contracting is there are a flood of new contractors trying to get into this market. When there's a flood of new contractors trying to get in the market, a lot of times the challenge for those contractors is they don't actually have past performance. If you're one of those people that are listening today, you're a brand new company or you've been around for a while, but you've never gotten into government contracting, this podcast is going to help you figure out how to get that much needed past performance to win a contract. Because at the end of the day, most contracts require three past performance examples in order to win a contract contract, especially when you get up there in the numbers. It may not be so much when you're looking at $50,000 contracts and $100,000 contracts, but when you get into serious numbers, the million, multi-million dollar contracts, they require past performance. Today, I'm going to break this down from two different perspectives. The first one is, let's assume that you have some commercial past performance. You just don't have government past performance. You've been working in your business, growing your business, and now you've got the bright idea that, hey, let's check out this government market. Let's go see what this is all about. This first part of the podcast is for those companies. Again, it's the company that has a little bit of commercial past performance. They're now trying to figure out how do they become a government contractor. To me, the easiest way to do this is to, number one, get very, very clear on the products or services that you provide. Get very, very clear. Pick one thing, just the one thing. Once you pick that one thing, I've got several videos on YouTube and in Federal Access that show you how to go and do the research on agencies so you can go and look and see who buys what you sell. You can use USA Spending. You can use SAM.gov, their databank. You can even use some of the other paid bid matching tools. There's a lot of those out there. It's really easy to determine who's buying what you sell. The hardest part a lot of times is picking one of those agencies to start with. And that's what I recommend. You just pick the one to start with and then you identify their buyers usually through the systems that I'm talking about and then you go visit them. You go visit them. Pick somebody in your backyard, somebody you can drive to. Doesn't have to be in your same city. Maybe it's two hours away, three hours away. Pick that army base, the air force base, or some federal building for the agency you want to target. Pick somebody within driving distance that you can go meet face to face. This is the easiest way to start building relationships. And all you've got to do is reach out to them and say, hey, I'm going to be in your area next Tuesday, next Wednesday. Can we meet at one o'clock, three o'clock, whatever it may be. I'd like to just shake your hand, give you a very quick overview of what our company does and just get to know you a little bit better. All you need is 15, 20 minute meeting with this person. That's where it all starts. Once you've gone face to face with your buyers, the next step is going face to face with potential teaming partners using those same databases to identify big and small companies. And then you go meet them. There's something to be said about physically getting in your car, getting on the train, subway, whatever it might be, and going actually to their office to meet them. If you're in the DC area, there's so many people that you can go meet just by hopping on the train and going to meet these people. It's so easy. The Metro goes everywhere and you can go meet them, have a conversation, and then go to the next one and the next one and the next one. It's an unlimited amount of this. If you're not in the DC area or one of those big
big metros where there's a lot of government contracting, you may have to look around a little bit harder to find that. But I guarantee you there are government buildings, Air Force bases, Army bases, Navy bases. There's places you can go and meet government contracting folks and get your feet wet in this. And so I highly recommend the face-to-face approach, someone in your backyard that makes it easy to navigate this stuff. And once you've gone through those steps, then you start identifying existing contracts, new contracts that you want to chase. And you circle back with the contracting officers, the program managers that you met with the government, your potential teaming partners and those folks. And you strategize how you're going to go after this work together. And look, the whole goal in your first six to 12 months is usually about gaining past performance. That's where you need to zero in and focus and use those strategies that I just shared with you about identifying folks, going to meet them and having discussions with them. Did you know we have our own government contracting community? It's called Federal Access. And inside Federal Access, you have all the tools, tips, strategies, documents, templates, everything you're ever going to need to be a government contractor. But you also get brought into our ecosystem. You get into our private LinkedIn group and you get into our live events and all that kind of thing when you become a member of Federal Access. To learn more, go to federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. Before you meet anyone, you should do research on the agency. You should look at their forecast if they have one. You should do all of that research to make sure you are ready to have a coherent, intelligent conversation with whoever it is you're trying to do business with. Now, that's on the side of you've got commercial past performance. Let's flip to the other side for a few minutes and talk about the companies that don't have any past performance. Let's say you just lost your job and you decide, look, I'm not going back to corporate America. I'm starting a company. Or maybe you've been saving up for the last five years and you've saved up a hundred grand or whatever it is, you've saved up a nice cushion to be able to start your own business and get out on your own. You just quit your job and now you're trying to tackle this and you've got a brand new business. Let's talk about those. You don't have any clients yet. Well, before you get into government contracting, I highly recommend, you don't have to do this, but I highly recommend you go get some commercial clients. It's going to make the conversation with the government so much easier. And maybe you're thinking, well, Mike, the whole reason I quit my job, the whole reason I saved money, the whole reason I started this company after I got fired was I thought I would just be a government contractor and it would be easy. Well, number one, it's not easy to be a government contractor, especially in the beginning. And number two, I'm trying to show you the fastest way to become a government contractor. And the fastest way is often, not every time, but it's often faster to get commercial past performance and then use that to get government contracts. Let me show you a couple of examples. So let's say you just started a landscaping business and you have no idea where to start. You can hop in your car, drive around your community, and I guarantee you, you are going to find businesses that have overgrown lawns. There's no doubt in my mind. In fact, I know somebody recently who started a landscaping business. They went to the Circle K near them because they saw the lawn was growing up. One thing led to another. One simple conversation with the store manager led them to signing six Circle Ks in their neighborhood to cut the grass. Now, that's a major corporation that you can list as commercial past performance. So think about that. Think about the the little bitty restaurants like Little Caesars or whatever it is. They have a little bitty building, but yet they're maybe responsible for their grass. Think of stuff that's usually standalone, not necessarily in a strip mall. Think of franchises, something that when you put the logo on your K 
capability statement, people will recognize it. Again, Little Caesars, Circle K, McDonald's, whatever it may be, those are recognizable brands. If you can pick up three or four of the McDonald's in your area, five of the McDonald's in your area, now you've got a corporation that's paying you and you can say, yeah, I manage the landscaping for five McDonald's franchises. And look, here's the thing about franchises, especially McDonald's. A lot of times, whoever owns one of those McDonald's in your area often owns another one or two or three. The whole franchise model in that space is to own as many of them as you can, right? So if you can pick up one, a lot of times you can pick up more. And even if they aren't the owners of the other McDonald's, maybe they can refer you to the owners of the other McDonald's. Again, Circle K's, Little Caesars, whatever it is, you just want to pick up some commercial past performance so that when you go and talk to the government, you show them that capabilities brief. They're like, oh, you performed the landscaping for Little Caesars, Circle K, McDonald's. You manage, you know, 35 different franchise buildings. That's pretty impressive. That kind of maps over to this opportunity that we have to manage the GSA building in your backyard or whatever it is, right? It's a really great way to just get your feet wet. Let's say you're a cybersecurity company and you're like, Mike, I'm, how do I get, I don't need the Little Caesars or whatever. Well, back up for a minute. Maybe they don't need cybersecurity, but maybe they need cybersecurity training. Maybe you can come at it from a different angle. And instead of maybe thinking Little Caesars, Circle K, think Bank of America. Think the local universities. Where can you go in and provide some cybersecurity training to their employees, their staff on how to do things smarter, how not to get scammed, all that kind of stuff. Maybe you could start with something small, maybe even free and start there and open the doors to win some contracts with those organizations. Again, once you get in front of the government, then you put on your capability statement that you're doing cybersecurity training for Bank of America, the local university, whoever it may be. And that's impressive. They know that you're not a fly-by-night business. One of the reasons why past performance is such a big deal is it's to prove that you are more than your marketing material. A lot of the businesses that reach out to the government have never done anything at all. And so one of the first jobs a contracting officer has is they're trying to sift through and figure out who the real companies are and who are the fakers who are trying to get their break and they want the government to be their guinea pig. They don't like that stuff. So they're very shy about that. Here's another couple of quick examples to help you if you're just starting out your business. Think about the folks focus that you want to have in the government. So let's say when you pulled the data, you noticed that, hey, law enforcement is an area I want to focus on. I want to focus on FBI and Border Patrol and all those different types of organizations. Well, you may not want to start there because, again, that's the federal side. But could you start with your local city police, your local sheriff's office? And again, if you're in cybersecurity or in lawn care, trying to just get one of those buildings that they have or do a simple training with their team. It just needs to be what I would call mappable, if that's even a word, where you can map that local commercial type of past performance over to the federal side. And that really is government contracting because that is in the sled market called state and local. And so that is government past performance. It's just at a different level than you necessarily want to play at, but it's probably easier to get the local sheriff, the local city police. It's probably easier to get them on board as a client because you can go meet them and talk to them than it is the FBI or the CIA or 
or whoever it is, right? It's easier to do that. The last tip I'll give you is if you're struggling to figure out who you should target, because maybe you're in a business that I didn't cover today. There's a lot of ground here and you're like, I don't know who to target. A really simple trick that you can use to figure out who you might want to target in your local area is simply Google top 100 employers in your city and state. That's all you have to do. If you do that, you'll come up with a list of businesses that you can go talk to. And again, whether it is pitching a free training, a $100 training, a $1,000 training, you're just trying to get some past performance so that you can use their logo on your marketing material and tell the government you've got some clients and that you know you actually can do what you're trying to do. And oh, by the way, guess what? You're also trying to put some money in your pocket. This is what I typically refer to as tactical revenue. It's tactical in the sense that it's keeping the lights on for your business, but it's also strategic in that it's building past performance so that you can go after bigger stuff. So it's a really great way to do it. You don't have to overthink this. You just need some business so that when you get in front of the government, they know you're the real deal. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.